Good morning, Oasis. Good morning. My name is Taryn Gomez. It's nice to see all of you here. Um, as a church, our mission is to help people become and grow into mature disciples of Jesus. We believe a disciple should seek God, belong to community, and serve the world. Seek, belong, serve. Welcome to any guests that are visiting us today, whether in person or online. If this is your first time here physically, we would like to give you an Oasis coffee mug. If this is the first time you've joined us online, please let us know by filling out a connection card in the Connect With Us tab on our website, www.celebratethejourney.org. For those of you here, you can find the connection cards on the center back table. We don't ask this information to pester you too much, but to provide you with some important information about Oasis in order to help you decide if this is where God wants you to attend. If you have any questions before you leave today, just ask someone, and if they don't know the answer, they will direct you to someone who does. The connection cards can also be used to sign up to receive a weekly email with a link to our newsletter, or you can text the keyword newsletter to the number on the screen. The email is the best way to keep up to date on all that's going on at Oasis. There is a prayer box on the back table to my right. Write your prayer need on the cards provided and drop it in the box. Each week we have a dedicated group of people who are committed to praying over these needs. And if you'd like to be contacted by someone who will pray with you, please provide your name and phone number and someone will reach out to you. For our folks online, you can click on the prayer page tab on our website. Unless otherwise noted, everything written on these cards or online will be held in the strictest of confidence. If you need prayer today, there will be both men and women available after the service to pray with you at the cross. If God has spoken to you about something you heard in the sermon, or if you want slash need prayers, all are welcome to pray with one of our team members. We gather for community prayer here in the sanctuary on the first Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. This is an opportunity to build community as well as experience the power and presence of God together. Our next community prayer is not October 5th, November 2nd. Uh, we believe supporting the local church through the giving of tithes and offerings are biblical, biblical truths. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or sitting at home, if you are here with us, there's a joy box on the wall by the back doors where you can place your tithes and offerings. If you are at home, you can mail your tithes and offerings to the church office or go to the Give tab on our website and set up a one-time or recurring offering amount. Page two. Are you interested in sharing the love that is Oasis? Yeah, then join FIT, the First Impressions team. This vibrant ministry greets newcomers to our church and shares with them all the amazing things about Oasis. Connect with Maureen Bigham to join this vibrant ministry. So vibrant, I like that. It's in purple too. Um, Pastor Dennis will be leading a biblical study of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. The series will start with a viewing of the movie here in the sanctuary on November 10th. The meet, uh, then we'll meet throughout the Advent season for the study. 
please sign up on the event section of the Oasis website by October 27th. That is this coming Wednesday. Is it the Mickey Mouse version of A Christmas Carol? Oh, perfect, it's my favorite. Attention men, the men's breakfasts are back. Make plans to gather for fellowship and food on October 30th and December 4th here at Oasis. Pastor Brad Brandon of First Baptist Bible Church in Plainville will speak at the October breakfast. The sign-up sheet for the men's breakfast is located on the table at the rear of the sanctuary. Great news! Coffee and is back! A big thanks to Peggy and Kurt Fountain for stepping up and providing this week's coffee and. Yes? Thank you. And I heard Betsy made soup. And, and Lily has brought something as well. My goodness, I hope your bellies are ready. Um, uh, Aunt Toni Morrissey has graciously volunteered to head up Coffee Ant, and she is still in need of more people to help out with this fellowship opportunity. So please talk with her after the service. If Coffee Ant is going to be a success, which it will, we really need everyone to help out with it. Just a reminder, the first God, nope, the first Sunday of the, <laughs> one God, first Sunday of every month is the day, this is a lot, I'm sorry guys, <laughs> is the day that everyone provides something for coffee and so just start planning now. Join us here in the sanctuary on November 7th for a Sunday worship night. This is a chance to get together and worship our Lord through music and prayer. Child care will not be provided, but children are welcome to attend. Women! Are you looking for a spiritual hour or two each week? Then join the Women of Oasis each Friday morning at 1045 here at the church for prayer, companionship, and even a little bit of food. You are welcome to bring something to share with the group. The last time I, I smelled um, kielbasa and sauerkraut? Yeah, I think so. Prayer's outstanding. Kraut's amazing. All right, time change, it's 10.45. I, I said 10.45, but I guess that says 10.30, so 10.45. Okay, but you can still come at 10.30. Um, are you looking for a place to gather with friends and work on your knitting, crocheting, cross-stitch, rug hooking, or other forms of needle art? Then join us for Sit and Knit on the first and third Wednesday of the month for fun, fellowship, and fiber. Bring a refreshment to share. If you need more info or have a question, call Christine in the Oasis office at 203-439-0150. Oasis is pleased to provide an online Bible study from Right Now Media each month. In October, we are offering two Bible studies, both by Sean McDowell, the 10 most misunderstood verses in the Bible, and the 10 worst objections to Christianity. The end.
last Sunday was Mark's birthday. And he was sick and couldn't come to church. <laughs> so we're going to sing happy birthday to him right now. Remember, ready? One, two, three. Come on, come on, come on. No, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. <laughs> All right, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear mom. Happy birthday to you. Well, no, it's not somebody's birthday. It's uh, Brian and Taryn Gomez will be celebrating their seventh wedding anniversary tomorrow. And so it was my, it was in my spirit to really embarrass Taryn while she, but she went to Children's Church. Yeah, let's all get. <laughs> oh no, no, that's a really good idea, though. All right, and uh, uh, after church, um, we're going to gather over here. Um, Lee Lombardi's in the back. Uh, his cancer has come out of remission, and so he's going to be going back into treatment, and so we just want to lay hands on him and uh, anoint him and pray over him. So I'm going to ask if you all would just kind of hang around after church. We're going to kind of gather around him, and we're going to bless him, and we're going to pray in faith. We're not going to ask God. We're going to pray in faith that God is going to heal him. And, and we know God is sovereign. He's going to do what God's going to do. But we are coming at it in faith. All right? Yes. Amen. All right, well, um, I have a feeling that this morning has the... I just have a feeling I'm going to insult someone but that's okay. Father, I want to thank you for the love that you have for your church and for uh, the people that gather. This, this beautiful mess is, we, we still are the light of the world and we are the answer to the questions because we point people to you. We point people to you, Lord Jesus. So Holy Spirit, have your way with us this morning. I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So, uh, we are in the midst of, within our culture, something that's called a culture war. And so you see these ideologies kind of bumping into each other and rubbing each other wrongly. There's a saying that, that says that politics is downstream from culture. Now, what that means is where the culture ends up going, politics just kind of follow. And so we've, we've gotten to where we are now, not because of politics, but because of a culture that is increasingly rejecting the things of God. That's why we are here in the midst of what we are in now. And it is a, a culture war. And so things like abortion, it, it's not a political issue. It's, it's a, first of all, it's a moral issue and it's a God issue, but really is a cultural issue. And now in some states, you can abort a child up to birth. That's a cultural war. The, the ideology that says there is no difference between men and women it's just the same and you can pop in to be a woman and pop out to be a man 
it's a culture war. It's not political. It is a culture that is increasingly moving itself away from the things of God. We also see um, th this, 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 this idea of you can't disagree with the culture because if you disagree with the presiding secular culture, then you're all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly things. You hate, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, you're a homophobe, you're a misogynist, whatever it is. If you just disagree, then you are just, you're just horrible. And, and then that's just, it's stupid because I disagree with the life of an alcoholic. I don't hate alcoholics. I don't, I don't look at them as second-class citizens. I hurt for them. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with the lifestyle of somebody on drugs addicted to, say, heroin. I think they should stop. I think they should live a different way. I don't hate them for that. I want the best for them. And so it is with the culture and the church dissent is squashed because we're in a culture war. Social media, all of the social media and the tech people, they, they will limit what we can say. And I'm not talking about conservative, I'm talking about Christian. I'm talking about the, um, the pro-life channel that was pulled off of YouTube because they're pro-life. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a culture war. Leave politics out of it. Politics is downstream. The culture is what we are in battle with right now. And within that culture, we're in the battle with, not flesh and blood, but principalities of darkness that are trying to rule this world. This is the culture war we're in. In uh, Second Chronicles, um, things are going bad for Israel and Judah. And uh, in fact, in Second Chronicles 15, I'm just looking for my uh, where is it? There it is. There it is. I got it. I got you. Second Chronicles 15, chapter uh, 15, verse 3, it talks about how before King Asa became, came into power, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the prophets, and he kind of explains like what was happening in the past, a, a, a culture without God, like God's people without God. And it said that in those days, there was the, the, the people, they, they didn't have the Lord, they didn't have a priest, and they didn't have the law. They, they failed to have a relationship with God. They did not have the word of God and they did not have somebody to introduce them to or back to the word of God. And so there's this godless culture within the culture of God's people. Imagine that godless culture within the culture of God's people. And then we get to, oh, I forgot that. All right, we'll do that later. Sheesh. And then we get to second Chronicles 15. And this is what it says. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. <laughs> but as for you, be strong and don't give up, for your work will be rewarded. That's God's people. 
But you see what, is t- what was taking place back then. It was dangerous for people to move back and forth within the culture. It was, it was uh, city by city. It was crushing each other, nation by nation. There was just angst, hatred, war, war of words, war in the physical, war with war. I'm so glad that today is so different. I'm so glad this doesn't, is this happening today? My goodness, if, if you say the wrong thing today, you can lose your job. Imagine that. If you say the wrong thing today, you can lose friends. You can lose family. They won't talk to you anymore because we're in a war of culture, not a political battle. This, this is what it looks like when God has been uh, pushed to the sideline within any culture, within any place. And so we're in this battle. It, it, it's, I mean, this thousands of years ago, human nature is human nature. God isn't going, oh, how did I let this happen? He's going, okay, my people, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And this is how Asa would handle it, King Asa. Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. What are we to do? Well, exactly what First of all, he went to the Lord. He didn't go to social media. He didn't go to politics. He didn't go to the news. He went to the Lord and said, God, we are weak against this massive army, but you are with us. We are yours. And God, we know that you're going to do something. You are not going to let mere mortals win. It's God's word. God will not allow people to ultimately win because we know God, he he wins. And so for us, we have to go back to God. We have to get back to the basics. We have to take a look at our lives and say, you know what? I am immature here and here, but I have maturity here. So I'm going to use this to grow in that. See, we we, we can't make excuses anymore. This is a battle. We are in a war. And, and, and sometimes I wonder, it says, uh, where is it? Um, Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. And I wonder if the church is really relying on the Lord. Because it seems that the church, and I'm talking capital C in general church, the church has kind of gotten a little quiet, a little quieter. And, and, and we don't stand as, as tall anymore in culture. We don't want to offend. We want to be nice. I don't believe that's relying on God at all. That's relying on ourselves to make sure that we kind of fit in. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw out a little Jesus every once in a while, but I wonder what funny feathers. Asa says, you know what? 
we're going against this vast army because you are with us and we rely upon you, Lord, and we're going into battle. Is the church ready for battle? Now, I know we will say, yeah, we're ready. We're not ready. Or we're not as, as, as the church. Because until we as the church really grow a backbone, we are going to be pushed to the side and be inconsequential in this culture war. Until we're willing to, well, let, let's, chapter seven. Everybody loves this verse. Coffee cup verse right here, baby. T-shirts, yes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their lands. Our land is broken. It's in need of healing. God wants to heal our lands. But what's, what's the caveat? If my people, if my people, if my people would come back to me and not Fox News and not CNN, if my people would come back to me, not Facebook, not Instagram, if my people would come back to me, humbling themselves, praying, seeking my face, turning from wickedness. The wickedness in the church is selfishness right now. That's kind of the way I see it. I, I mean, I don't know what's going on in, in your deeply personal lives, but I can see overall that selfishness is the wickedness that we find in church right now. Not saying this church, this church is perfect, but the church over there filled with it. when we get back to the things of God. When we get back to the things of God, we enter back into that place of Genesis chapter 1, verses 28-31. Remember, it said, and God blessed humanity. God gave us strength. That's who we are. And then God tells us, take that strength and strengthen it. And then in those verses it says, and once you've taken that strength and you've strengthened it, increase, grow up, mature, become powerful. That's, that's what God calls us to be, powerful. And once we've gotten there, once we've matured ourselves, we've been given the strength, we, we strengthen the strength, we become powerful because we have grown up and matured in the strength. And when we get there, it says that we are to make this world holy, consecrate the world. We have to be engaged in the culture war so that we can start fulfilling what God has called us to so that we can become powerful and then we can create a world that recognizes our God and recognizes their God they just don't recognize it yet you see that's what we're called to and then and then at the end of those those verses it, it says we're to have dominion we're to subjugate this world and to take control the church the people people of God have been called to this and my goodness I have failed miserably in it up until this point. And so we, we constantly go back to this, but 
and we refer to it but it feels like sometimes I refer to this for somebody else man if you people would just humble yourselves you would get it come on man I am so humble I wrote that and we always want to cast it to somebody else instead of looking God where where am I missing it where where am I missing you where, where where have I missed your face where 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 can I where can I engage more with you in in prayer we always want to put it on someone else and I know that every once in a while the Holy Spirit will convict us and be like yeah I know I should but those people we're missing it we're missing it there's a war going on and the church is called to get into the war How many hours, how many hours are we watching of the news every day only to spend minutes in the Word of God? How many, how many hours a week do we spend talking politics with only the people that are on our side of the aisle because we don't want to engage those other people because we just start a big fight? But what I'm willing to complain about the other side with people that are on my side. How, how many hours do we spend talking politics and then how many minutes talking to God each week? We spend more time, we, we spend more time on Facebook, Instagram, social media, YouTube, than we do in the presence of the Lord. If my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves, seek my face, God says. If my people would just turn their attention back to me, I will heal their land. I will forgive their sin. So here we are, um, 10 months. So we're about, what, a year and three quarters into this thing we call the pandemic. And it has, um, it has disrupted the entire world. And it's disrupted people's lives. It's disrupted work, how we work and how we play. It's disrupted how we celebrate holidays. It's disrupted families and divided families. It's, it's disrupted just everything about our lives, including our relationship with God. And because of that, overall, I don't want to be a, a doom and gloom guy, but overall I see a declining spiritual health within the church. church is not God did not establish the church to entertain people God did not establish the church to coddle people God did not establish the church to be a safe place to come and just hide from the world God established the church to be the light of the world 
and light shines in the darkness and light changes light reveals light heals because it's the light of Christ this is what the church is supposed to be It's not to make you feel warm and fuzzy, though I hope sometimes you come out feeling a little warm and fuzzy. Just be careful because sometimes fuzzy could be mold. But it's important as we recognize that we're in this battle, this culture war, that we take the light of Christ and we use it correctly. Psalm 25 says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. God guides the humble. So what's the first step in, in making sure that we take the light of Christ and we use it correctly? It's humility. Are we humble? Now I know we all deal with pride a little bit in here and there in our lives, but are we, are we like, are we Romans 12 verses 9 and following humble? That, let me, I don't have that verse up there, but let me just find it for you. Let me, let me just read a little bit of, of humility. That's in uh, New Testament, Rome, right? Okay. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, and it goes on and on. That's biblical humility. Biblical humility is not weakness. Biblical humility is tied to being bold, a boldness to say, no, no, that's not okay. That's not right. Why? Because, because it's not what God would have for you. Well, I don't care about God. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Our humility has to be tied with our our boldness being humble doesn't mean that we just fold over and shut up with all the ideologies of the world that are being forced on us we just don't go okay 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 fine I, I'll do it that's not humility humility says mm, I'm not doing that I'm not doing that And as we are bold within this humility, we have to make sure that we understand and use our boldness correctly. Instead of speak, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Our boldness has to come from a place of really loving people. Boldness without love is just an angry rant. 
and I see angry rants all the time on our social media platforms by Christians that I know. Angry rants. They, I know that the, the desire is to be bold and to speak the truth, but boldness without love is anger. Anger is not, I, I know, well, Dennis, I have a righteous anger. The scripture says there is none righteous, no, not one. And so if you're boasting about your righteous anger, I'm going to call you out and say you're unrighteous even in that statement. Boldness that is not tied with to love will cause damage. There was, um, I, I, see, I see in our church there's, there's, there's two forms of toxic love. The first is, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm not going to say anything. I don't like that. And I know it's, it's not what God wants, but I, shh, don't, don't rustle, don't ruffle any feathers. I remember Sandy and I were with some friends who, who don't go to church, they're not Christians, and uh, having a conversation about, about something. And I said something, and I got the look of death from Sandy. Like, shut up, you're going to ruin the evening. Why? I wanted to introduce a, a different perspective. And she was right. It wasn't the place for it. And usually she's right. But, 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 it, but, it's, but it's that toxic love. And then the other side of it, you know, I don't care what they feel. I don't care what they think. I'm going to tell them the truth anyway. That's a toxic love. There's one, one guy I, I was just reading about, this guy that was quoted. I don't remember where, and I, forgive me, I can't remember his name. But, but he said this. He said, he said that before, uh, no, I'm sorry. He said, Jesus wept before he whipped. Jesus wept before he whipped. And so if that was his posture, how much more for us? And then I think I just want to John chapter 1, one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. If we want to wield the truth of God, we have to make sure that we do it with grace, with compassion, with, with love. We can no longer, as the church, if we're going to engage culture, we can no longer hope that we don't offend anyone. Offenses will come. The gospel is offensive. Oswald Chambers, he, he said that, he said, the words of Jesus hurt and offend until there's nothing left to hurt or offend. The gospel itself says, you're a sinner. You have nothing within yourself to get right with God. You are inherently evil without Christ. That's, I mean, that's offensive. Like, you're, I'm evil? You're a sinner without Christ. 
You're going to hell without Jesus. Well, wait, I'm a good person. I've never killed anybody. So is the majority of the world. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. And so, our truth, the truth of who God is, the truth of who Jesus is, the conviction, the unction of the Holy Spirit, that truth has to be seasoned with tears and love. They're not the enemy. They're broken. At one time, the Bible says that I was an enemy of God because I walked away from Christ. It didn't say I was an enemy because uh, I drank too much. It didn't say I was an enemy because I swore too much. It didn't say I was an enemy because I was just involved with the wrong people and, and, and just doing things that I shouldn't have been. No, no. It said I was an enemy of God because I reject the things of God. The world is rejecting the things of God. The, the world out there, this culture war we're in, the noise that we're hearing is the same noise I was making before God got a hold of me. It's just a different flavor. It's just a, a different time. It's just expressed differently. It's the same spirit, the spirit of disobedience. This is what we're fighting. This is what is the culture war. And so how am I to come to someone who stands completely in contrast to the things that I believe are right and good? How can I walk up to them and look down upon them like they're some second-class citizen? No, they have been created in the image of God. And so I, I should love them as image bearers of God. And maybe they're just a little dirty now. Maybe they're just not dressed right, or they're not speaking right, or they're not going to the right places. It doesn't matter. My love should well up in me for them because that's what's going to beat the war. When the church gets out of its own way, when the church stops being selfish and begins to sacrifice, See, I'm, 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 um, so here, here's what I think. Um, we, we talk about revival. Everybody loves revival. God's going to do a revival. I mean, we have a pandemic, right? Revival! The church isn't ready for it. The revival makes a mess out of everything. And, and I just feel in my spirit, the church will not experience revival until the church begins to sacrifice. See, I'm a giver. I, I, I give pretty good. Like, I love to give. I give stuff away. And you know what? People, people give me stuff. As a pastor, I get stuff. Now, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna share with you a little bit of a story. Please don't take it personal. If you do, shame on you. But this is just a generalization. This is for all us pastors. People want to bless us as pastors. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Pastor, my family just bought this 60-inch TV. And our 10-year-old 30-inch TV, we just want to bless you and your family with it so you can have it. Awesome. The ministry of secondhand. 
And many pastors feel the same, that we, we get the same. And sometimes those used things are, are a blessing. Please don't get me wrong. Like if you know somebody with a used Harley and they want to give it to me, I'm open. But I, I be, and this is something God dealt with me. I began to feel a little bit frustrated. Like, okay, people want to give, but are they willing to sacrifice? And I'm like, no, I get the leftovers, or, or the church gets the leftovers. And then God said to me, oh, and then, and then I'm in Zimbabwe, right? And, and Paul, uh, he's a, a young kid, and, and Paul says, Pastor Dennis, um, would you be able to find for me a used iPad and send it to Africa? I'm like, fine, I've got a used iPad. You know what, Paul? I'm going to send you my used iPad because I got a new one and I replaced the old one. And I just happened to have, and God said, are you kidding me? You're, you're angry at the church for just giving and not sacrificing? You've lived your life exactly the same way. I give out of my abundance, not out of my sacrifice. I'm good at giving out of my abundance. I got 10 bucks, you got it, because I got 100 more in the bank. Why not go get the 100 and keep the 10 for me? You see what I'm saying? And so sacrifice, sacrifice. Are we willing as the church to sacrifice? Are we willing as the church to go back to look at ourselves before God and say, God, what is it in me that needs to be tweaked, tuned up, changed? What is it in me that needs to be honed and refined? By goodness, you ask that question and God will be relentless and ruthless. I've been dealt with this past year with conviction of God working in me, changing me, if I would have known that he was going to do what he did in me this year and, and yank and pull and cut and slice all with the, with the scalpel of grace, but still the scalpel hurts. If I would have known I was going to go through this year, I might have just quit the year before because it was hard. It is hard. Sacrifice is hard. Sacrificing before the Lord is hard. But until the church is ready to sacrifice, to give of itself without limit, I have a feeling we're going to continue to lose this culture war. Because it comes, becomes about me, my safety, my livelihood, my well-being, my good instead of Father, whatever you have, I'm going to rely on you. Whatever you have, I'm going to trust you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff that comfort me. God is calling his church back to himself. If my people would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Father, thank you for the love that you have for your church and that you don't give up on us. Thank you. And Father, I pray that you would instill a spirit of boldness in us so that we don't give up on you. Father, would you embolden us with humility and love and grace and compassion 
church, but that we would stand firm and that we would take a stand in this culture and say no. Father, as Jesus prayed, he prayed that, that you wouldn't take us out of the world, but that you would bless us and protect us while we're in it, while we're doing the battle. And so raise up your church, Father, for such a time as this. Let the kingdom go forward. Let your name be glorified. May we once again return to being the light of the world.